Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Get in the Garage. We're a music podcast. For music lovers. We have a great show planned for you today. Lots of great music news and all that stuff. Uh, but before we get into it, please remember to like and comment and subscribe and tell all your friends and enemies and beloveds and uh, and everybody and share it. And, uh, you know, we tell appreciate... Tell a stranger. Tell a stranger. <laughs> tell anybody, uh, tell anybody you street. want. Luke, uh, can you uh, tell the good people what to expect for this episode while uh, I pull up the uh, music? Yes, we have music news. We are going to cover Pitchfork's 150 best albums of the 1990s question mark maybe not um we are also going to talk we're never going to talk about it but are they the best albums is the contention here Mm -hmm. we are also going to talk about new albums from willow and charlie puth it's very exciting we have a jam-packed show lots of laughs lots of music hit that theme song (laughs) we're predicting the laughs in advance (laughs) um are you not laughing now song is quite loud yes um so for people who don't know we're this is we're recording in the morning for the first time in a long time we normally uh record in evenings so we're a bit crusty eyed and tired but here we are doing our thing yeah i overslept i woke up about a half hour ago (laughs) and i and i spent five minutes looking for sunglasses so i wouldn't look like i was a corpse but i'm gonna do my best it gives you a nice rich timber though in the morning we have a nice low end that yeah, thank you sounds my, like we're on old school radio my voice is always high raspy and unpleasant <laughs> to listen to so let's continue uh so as always you know we're gonna open up with some music news luca do you have you're you're kind of the anchor today i have we we you know i kind of have a couple things but i'm, I'm doing the weather on this doing the weather? <laughs> give me that telegraph noise I let's break like it shit. into the music news <laughs> thank you music dun, dun, news dun, dun, dun. um this is the biggest news this week uh Pop punk icons Blink-182 have reunited with Tom DeLonge, their uh, guitar player who has been out of the band for some time, uh, since 2015. So we have the classic lineup back together. They are going on a new tour, and they have released the new song, Edging, which mm. is now out. You can listen to it, um, all puns intended. Alex, um, <laughs> you had that, do you have that video queued up? Please show the boys this fun promo video that was released. It is uh, full of fun innuendo. But, yeah, so Blink-182 is back. It's one of the biggest news of the week. All 30-year-olds on Earth are really happy. Here's this video. I cannot stop thinking about them coming. I've tried hundreds of different ways to make them come. Every night, I pray for them to come. My husband and I would love to watch them come. If they come, I'm getting hammered. We would do anything to make them come. That's right, honey. Anything. If they come, I'm going to explode. Could you imagine all three of them coming? That'd be sick. If they're going to come, I better start stretching. Wait until I tell my grandkids they're coming. (gasps) They're going to come! Guys, they're going to come! They're going to come! They're coming! They're finally coming! So that was the video. Uh, we will insert it into the show, the yeah. fun promo. You know that reminds me of? What? Remember in Austin Powers, we're like, it looks like an enormous no. giant. <laughs> Peak humor. <laughs> yeah, so <I> know. <laughs> um, it's pure Blink-182, like yeah. childish humor. Um, in other news, uh, Matt Skiba of Alkaline Trio fame is out of the band. So uh, what, uh, Whatever will he do? Thank bummer, you for your service. Bummer summer. <laughs> uh, let's rep, let's rep. 
Oh, um, yeah, yeah. But uh, so he's out of the band and uh, <clears throat> probably back to Alkaline Trio duties. Who knows? Tom DeLonge wrote him a nice note. You can go read that online. Go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> this is my band. Kind of, but uh, in a nice way. So yeah. um, during all that, they also released this 2023-24 uh, uh, Giant World Tour, which uh, let's talk for a minute about tickets because uh, tickets have been um, at, like astronomically expensive. Yeah, uh, they've been a, kind of a hot-button topic. Yep, so um, – they are really expensive. I've heard like two hundred to like eight hundred dollars. Who knows? Um, anywhere in between there. I'm sure you've heard. The I same do thing. know. Yeah, I know someone that I used to work with who said that it was some sort of Facebook post or something. And it was like, well, two tickets and eight hundred and twenty-five dollars later, we're going to see Blink One Eighty Two, and you're like, holy shit, you spent over eight hundred dollars to go see Blink One Eighty Two. To be fair, that is like my price. Like that, they would have to pay me to go see them. Like, <laughs> so, like you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, uh, but it, they, they're quite the talk of the music industry right now. But it also poses, I think, the bigger question, which is kind of like, is this Blink 182's fault, or is it really the fault of like the way that somebody can go on there, pay the regularly priced ticket fee, and then turn around and resell those tickets for an outrageous price? So much edging. I think. Yeah. The- so much edging. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. I think the other note on the table is uh, Blink-182 is notoriously one of the worst live bands of that uh, genre ever to exist. Is, um, is the Tom the singer? No. it's Yeah, Tom's. they both sing. Yeah. But, um, Mark sings more. But he's the, like the lead or whatever. Mar- I, Mark's technically the lead. I did read an article yeah. that said that he sounds embarrassingly bad live now. They, oh, no. They all they, they all Travis Barker is, um, Travis Barker is an amazing drummer yeah, and right. can play uh, his ass off. But they were notoriously not a very tight band. They were um, like really 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 sloppy yeah um so we're gonna see if that like uh if the show is worth it's, it's sloppy money. songs about shit in your pants and <laughs> jerking off you know being 53 years older i you know, I know that's what all the kids are connecting to here's right what it is man it's because travis barker is a kardashian now right so like people our age yes want to go see a band that reunited oh the glory days of 2002 but it's also like 18 year old kids who are like Travis Barker, he's part of the royal family now, and he's like the drummer of the last forty years. And it's like he's a drum. I mean, he's a good drummer. Yeah. He's a drummer. Yeah. He's one of the best drummers, but also like he's also the hip rock producer of the moment. Yeah. And it's yeah. and it's this whole like FOMO culture of, well, my friend got a ticket. Well, my friend got a ticket, and it just drives that price up. Right. So, right. So so what probably started at a hundred and ten dollars for stadium tickets, yeah, it goes up to like two forty. Yeah, like that because it's supply and demand, and yeah, yeah. So I yeah, know, I know man. the the show that I'm referencing uh, that uh, my old coworker is going to. That's at the TD Garden in Boston. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure it ranges depending on like where they're going in the area and all that stuff. They're also on that. Uh, they're also one of the headliners along with Green Day on that like when we were young festival. Is Did that, that still going yet? forward? Um, that's, oh, was that canceled? The original one happened. Or oh, okay. already or whatever. Oh, okay, and okay. This, is, doing... this is the next year's. Yeah, it's like uh, they're doing it again. Is yeah. it a? Is that a one-off weekend? I think so. It's, it's like not a like Coachella. Van, it's not like Warp Tour where they do like no. 10, twenty dates. It's like a one and done. No, kind of thing. yeah, like it's like a annual. one and done in Vegas. I think it is. I don't um, know if they move the location, but um, the like those tours, like the Lama Palooza's Warp Tours, Ozfest that used to tour the country, those became um like ma- like unprofitable. Oh, I don't yeah. know why, but they all became like yeah. massively unprofitable. It's c- crew costs 
and breaking down stages and setting up lighting so, rigs and all that's, that. ma- that's a massive tour. That's like, why if you, you really think about it. That's why yeah. you see like our generation used to go to those and they used yeah. to be like, oh, we're going to go every summer to the Warp Tour. Thank yeah. you, Blink-182. Um, so, but now it's, you know, festival dates. Yeah. What's up? In fairness, like Red Hot Chili Peppers, not on the same scale, but their tickets were around eight hundred dollars a piece. Yeah, really. Yeah, but they also, were up there too. well, that's the ma- that's front row max I'm gonna, price. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I also that floor seats. Floor seats. Yeah. I'm yeah, gonna yeah. also that statement with, I think the Chili Peppers are a way better band to go see because more hits, just way more hits, bigger band, bigger audience. Way more. Yo, I'll spend 40 bucks and go see The Offspring. (laughs) (laughs) They have more hits than Blink-182. My friends got a girlfriend uh, and he hates that And I like that band a lot more than Blink-182. That's kind of what I'm saying. Crazy Taxi, man. Isn't that kind of what I'm saying, though? Is like, you know what I mean? Like, Blink-182 is a great band, but like, man, Ah. The Offspring have. (laughs) Blink-182 is a good band. You know what I would pay 40 bucks to go see? The lead singer of Smash Mouth have an existential crisis <laughs> oh, boozing himself to death on stage. <laughs> Our generation's Gigi Allen. <laughs> but this is what I'm saying. We're living uh, in a world yeah. where the Jesus. offspring do get played on the radio every single day, way yeah, yeah. more than Blink-182. Yeah, yeah. They were always more of a popular band, but they can't go do this tour that Blink-182 yeah. is doing right now, which is like... Bam, and like you're also saying, it's it's the Kardashian factor. It's just yeah. very a lot of interesting things going. Yeah, on I thought it. about that after the fact because I was so, like, who the fuck? Like even with Travis, Bar- and then I was talking to Jade about it, and she's like, yeah, he's he's with one of the Kardashians. That's probably one of the big driving yeah, yeah. things behind it. And I, I don't know. I guess I forgot about that. But they, Travis Barker is one who hangs out with like Machine Gun Kelly now, right? Aren't they like buddies? Yeah, he's he's the star yeah, producer. Oh right, and oh, okay, the, yeah, yeah, and the rock and roll producer guy. And their girlfriend, touch, their girlfriends are like best friends. Yeah, Megan Fox, or right? Wives or whatever they are. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, who knows? But it's just interesting. I think the I think the whole thing with, you know, the um, what do they call that Pro, uh, price, whatever, price where, gouging, price gouging. But then it's also like that. It's that I know what you're saying. It's the uh, it's the the, the um, price like the the Flu- yeah price fluctuation. Yeah, it's like it's um, it's like the price goes up based off of the demand rather than yeah. like actually the demand is how much pricing. Actually That's what's called demand pricing. Demand pricing. Is that I don't know. I'm the biggest pop punk hater in this group. <clears throat> yeah. true. And I mean. And even if I was being honest, I'm ranking, let's say, 90s to early 2000s pop punk bands. Blink-182 is like, they're not higher than third. Yeah. I mean, I straight know. up, Green Day is, Green Day, I, I hold in higher regard. Offspring, I hold in higher regard. Yeah. I no think, FX, I hold in higher regard. Like, oh, I, right. I would oh, probably name. See, I think Blink-182 uh, is a much better band than like a No FX, oh, yeah. but it's a, they made the Enema of the State album. It's the crossover yeah. pop punk album. I mean, it's the one re- that got played on MTV. Yeah, right. everybody the remembers one, the music video right, when they're with their like running through the streets. It is, a great, it is a good music video. Yeah. Right, so TRL. it's the it's the whole, they lived the moment. They created yeah. the <laughs> toilet humor that it, that's them. Green Day's not really, like Dookie, yes, but like, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> literally toilet humor. <laughs> but they brought it to the nth degree of like, you yeah, know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. Like I know the what you're whole, saying. it's the imagery. Saying, yeah. They're running naked. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. But the the the, the bigger the, the bigger, frat boys. The bigger idea yeah. here though is is it's like now it's like you know mid forty year olds singing that kind of music. So it's like all right, you know maybe you're a little too all right. Too given old. the it's, given the iconic music videos, given the choice. Blink way to all the small things yeah. where they're parodying all the boy band videos or Bloodhound Gang's Bad Touch where they're dressed like lemurs and they're going around the town humping things. <laughs> oh, 
I think you already know the answer to that one. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm more, I think I'm into the Blink-182. Yeah. I'm, I'm living in Madagascar, are, baby. I want to be amongst those are believers. Neck, or, neck and neck when I was like 11 years old watching TV. But like stylistically, same thing. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it, yeah. Just very interesting yeah. times we're living in. Uh, yes, we're definitely sure. full in on the uh, pop punk wave and yeah. now for some reason it's a credible form of music <laughs> for some reason <laughs> for yes. some strange yes, reason it's good listen though i like yeah i i, I, know, I, I played it. this music in my yeah. youth was a uh, part of it yeah. and this was never on anybody's mainstream yeah. anything it was always like the garbage outcast everybody knew it was like can't it was bubblegum music but yeah, now it sure. has a uh it's the new rock format so um, yeah. Guys, uh, yeah. I have another one if you want to keep going. Sure, yeah, go ahead. Keep the ball rolling. Genuine almost died. and Oh, I saw that. Chris Angel is to blame. The goddamn mind freak <laughs> himself. <laughs> Exclusive. Singer mind Genuine. <laughs> There's no reality. Oh, I love his music career. We should do a whole oh, episode. So Jonathan Davis really knew uh, a star when he saw uh, one. So, Singer Genuine passes out after holding his breath in tank of water as dangerous stunt for Chris Angel Magic Show goes horribly wrong in shocking clip. I did not watch the shocking clip biz. because I couldn't find it linked to this article I found. But, um, oh, my God, I'm scrolling through shit here. But uh, so basically, Genuine yeah. was doing a magic show, a celebrity <laughs> magic show with Chris Angel. Stop the sentence there. Genuine was doing a magic show. Someone say it was Genuine. Um, <laughs> If you don't know, by the way, the article I read pointed out that Genuine is the My Pony singer, in quotations. My Pony, Anyway, so Genuine almost died holding his breath in this tank of water. And then was fine after. He pounded on the glass. He but pounded then, on the glass as he was desperately no, hanging on. He gyrated against the glass as he's fucking dying. Is he oh. dying or is he trying to fuck this tank? What's happening right now? My breathing. Yeah. I'm dying. Yeah. Just the words genuine magic. <laughs> just thinking, like how far can you fall? Exactly. Genuine's like, I'm doing a residency in Las Vegas. Oh, that's cool. You yeah. can, you do it. He's like, uh, it's a magic show. <laughs> it's not my magic show, though. Yeah, it's it's, it's Chris Angel's. So here's the deal, though. Does he go? Is he done? Is he, You almost die. You're like, yeah, no. I'm good. No, yeah. he goes on stage that night in my ponies his ass into badass. that water tank wow. and badass. does the trick. A oh, true badass. trailblazer for magic. For magic and entertainment. Eat and your heart out, music. David Copperfield. <laughs> Wow. Jeez. So, what a performer. So, <laughs> the show uh, must go on. Take, hey, take notes. If you're trying to make it, <laughs> yeah. take notes. Um, you That's know, how a real artist has we, a successful We career. often warn oh, in this show God. not to worship your heroes, but, uh, you know, <laughs> the My Pony singer is uh, Superman that day. Uh, well, Michael, do you have anything? <laughs> I mean, I don't even know how to follow that up. Uh, I did watch it. I don't know if you guys saw, but Bruce Dickinson. Uh, there was a there was somebody who jumped up on stage. Alex, play the clip. We have a clip ready. Yeah, so, so we're gonna also insert this clip into the show. Yeah, so Bruce Dickinson, the lead singer of Iron Maiden, there was a the middle of an Iron Maiden show, and like a, a fan jumps up on stage. And at first, it seems like they're like really like accepting him being on stage. They're like, "This is cool." And the guy's like, "Can you believe it? I'm on stage." Yeah, watch. This guy. Yeah, this guy right that. here. Yeah. He's like, yeah, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. The guy in the jorts. Yeah, the guy in the jorts. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Those are those are khaki pants. Cargo khaki shorts. Cargos, the, shorts. the cargos with high socks and oh, boots. Oh, he is. He he's giving a performance. Hair. Yeah, yeah. Bruce Dickinson just is like, no, fuck you. And just grabs him. He's like, you're all, get off my stage. 
Um, so so Iron was... Maiden dealing with a lot of shit on this tour. Uh, remember the flare gun <laughs> by that? Oh yeah, in, in that, Athens, yeah. that Greek man. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was very funny. So uh, flare a of, guns. A lot of concert shenanigans happening this year. Uh, the guy I just, grading the cheese. Uh, listen, Iron Maiden. <laughs> You literally fly an airplane show to show. What's up with the security being so shit? Yeah, I know. Well, get the flare. Who didn't get the guy with the flare gun? Do you know where that was? Where was I? I don't even remember like where uh, that concert was. I think I try. Nope, that's that's more on the My Pony singer here. Oh, here we go. Yeah, you. Well, no, that was the Greek. Do you have it? I did. I don't have it. I don't have where the Anaheim. From. Thank you. Yeah. Anaheim, California. Really, I I don't I almost have expected that to happen in like because they have like a huge South American like following sure. too. Like the South American uh, people love like heavy metal. They love like Iced Earth and shit like that, mm. you know. So I have expected that. But either way, um, does anybody else have any other music news? Uh, yes, I do. Did you see Anderson Pac? Uh, oh, I did. See and this. um, I'm so sorry. Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars and Silk Sonic refused to take any more sure. Grammys for their Silk Sonic record. Yeah. They won all four Grammys that they were um, nominated for yeah. for the song Leave the Door Open. And they were like, that's enough. We don't need to win every single category. We know how great this record it's a was. Smart, yeah. It's a smart move. But Drake is also uh, withdrawing. And so was The Weeknd, I think. They're withdrawing some albums from the Grammys. Yeah, I think Well, it's... Drake was never going to win a Grammy anyway because that record is... <laughs> <laughs> I think for for you heard it here, folks. for um, Anderson Pack and uh, Bruno Mars, I think it's a good business decision. Um, I don't have the list offhand, but the number of uh, other good albums that were released during the time period for this upcoming Grammys, it's like kind of inevitable that they would have won album of the year and another record of the year and blah blah blah. Yeah, and they would have faced so much hate because other artists who they may have overshadowed like so they're kind of like we're just gonna avoid any backlash we're gonna let people realize like yeah they probably would have won everything we're not even gonna get involved in the discussion and get internet sniped because we stole someone else's grammy like adele or you know whatever other artists oh by the way if adele wins album of the year for that crap that they tried to flush (laughs) down our throats in every major box store last christmas please yeah, B, a B minus album. It's it's Adele, so it's still good. But yeah, B minus. Yeah, but yeah. So like you know, Kendrick Lamar and Taylor Swift and all Beyonce. these other people with huge fan bases. They're just like, yeah, we're gonna, yeah, slide to the left. Yeah. Um, should we move on? We're we're running out of time for the first segment, so uh, you we're know. never out of time. No, guys. Yeah, you hit us, guys. Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, here we go. Makeup. <laughs> Oh, I did see that he has his own makeup line. Ozzy Osbourne has launched a signature makeup collection, um, which is for really- all you sixty-year-olds who want to paint your fingernails black. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like this endorsement. I'll tell you why. Ozzy actually wears makeup. He, he does. wears it he every does. day. He's been wearing it for years. He puts on eyeliner all the time. There's so many scenes of him putting on makeup. Like, um, so. Yeah. He has bat-shaped eyeliner palettes, um, and there's a bunch of makeup bags. There's uh, a candle. There's an Aussie candle you could light while you're taking a bath and putting on your spooky makeup. Um, Oh, yeah, there it is. Look. Yes. uh, Very (laughs) – 
very cool. Well, he looks um, like a vampire on that. He does. He, yeah, he's he's a a vampire. Is this not Halloween makeup? Or is this like a serious? No, this is serious. Like, uh, there's like real makeup. Like they they're doing this now. Like, um, like uh, Chelsea has like Game of Thrones makeup from like when that was you know out. Yeah. Yeah. See. Wow, what a color palette! Different shades of black. Yes, man. <laughs> Come on, he's the prince of fucking darkness. He's the prince of fucking darkness. So vampire I uh, black, midnight black. I thought you black. guys would enjoy Ozzy's makeup. I mean, we always do love a, a nice, uh, you know, musician celebrity. Yeah, yeah look, look at, at that. The bat palette. <laughs> the bat palette. It's a. It's very uh, Aussie. We'll have to insert the, the pictures. Yeah, of, we'll, of, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll insert the pictures. Because we love our rock star <laughs> terrible brandings yes, on the show, and we <laughs> represent them all the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shout out to Grateful Dead Salad. <laughs> <laughs> no, the star Delicious. of the show, Rammstein's S&M. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you telling me that was better than the <laughs> Rolling Stones Igloo Cooler? Oh, I would. I would. Well, you buy them both, so that way you have the yeah. cooler to put the Rammstein S&M stuff in. Um, all right, let's move on. So, um, Pitchfork. So last week we did uh, the greatest songs of the songs of the 1990s. This week we're going to cover the 150 best albums of the 1990s according to Pitchfork. All right, let's start. One number 150. <laughs> oh, that's not what we're doing. Um, I can I can read up if you want. So can I, can I do the 20 countdown real yes, quick? Yes, please do. All right. 20, Brown Sugar by D'Angelo. 19, When the Pawn by Fiona Apple. 18, Heaven or Las Vegas by Cocteau Twins. 17, Baduism by Erica Badu. 16, Rid of Me by PJ Harvey. 15, One in a Million by Aaliyah. 14, Ready to Die by Notorious B.I.G. 13, Homework by Daft Punk. 12, Aquemini by Outkast. 11, Dummy by Portishead. 10, Nevermind by Nirvana. 9, The Low End Theory by A Tribe Called Quest. Eight, Live Through This by Hole. Seven, The Velvet Rope by Janet Jackson. Six, Homogenic by Bjork. Five, Enter the Wu-Tang Clan, 36 Chambers by Wu-Tang Clan. Four, Exit in Guy, Exile in Guyville by Liz Fair. Three, OK Computer by Radiohead. Two, Miseducation of Lauryn Hill by Lauryn Hill. One, Loveless by My Bloody Valentine. You can't make that face anytime someone mentions Bjork on the show. <laughs> Mike, you, you, oh, say, please, you oh, say Bjork. Please, please stop laughing at me, Michael. Uh, yeah, the Swedish geisha. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> She's Icelandic. <laughs> I, hope, I hope she beats your ass with a goose on her neck. Yeah, yeah whatever. I'll, I'm going to shove that fucking fermented shark fin in her fucking mouth. All right, so, fuck so first first sorry, things that, that first things that jump out to me that I'm just like, uh what? Um The Velvet Rope by Janet Jackson. Yo, this album is yeah. not okay. I looked at this list and I'm like, the again, she had that song from a uh, song from this record on yeah. the it mirrors heavily the songs list, the albums. I'm like, this right. record is not influential to, like, anybody. I don't think it's really that influential. Or, like, was... I'm wondering if it is influential. And all, all respect, because, like, it's not the world I live in. Uh, it's not the particular world I live in. If it is influential, I could see it being influential to other black female artists. Mm -hmm. Missy Elliott, or, or, man. Or black, or black women, you know, in general. Yeah. Um, but, but like... They, they gave I've... Missy Elliott, like, the third best song. Something like that, and then that. her album's like in the thirties or forties. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, put the Janet, the Janet. I mean, the um, Missy Elliott. Uh, yeah. Miss, Missy Elliott is like the record. I think is the, the that yeah. was the force. You know what I mean? It yeah. was Missy. That was the sound, man. It was, that was the, the one sound two, of the nineties. Well, it was the one-two punch with her and Lauren Hill. That was like the boom, boom. You know what I mean? Because yeah, I feel I, like Missy Elliott was that heavy. Yeah, yeah. Sort of. But more... I mean, the Lauren Hill not, is, not that is represented. Right, and it's like we don't want to say that black women. It's like. Well, you got your two choices, black women, chill. No, like, 
But it's no, just like right, right, of course. I I'm not a big Janet Jackson fan anyway, but like I had literally never even heard of this album before. I, and like yeah. I know Rhythm Nation, I know Control, but so again, my knowledge is very limited. But I don't know. Did this have hits? Did no? This I was not know. a part of like I don't think and this, this is mid late like late nineties, like ninety seven. Yeah, I Janet Jackson in nineteen ninety seven. I don't think was like mm. it's. I just don't think this record is. I it's so. It just sticks out as like also what? yeah the uh got it till it's gone uh featuring Q Tip and Joni Mitchell. Very weird. Uh, mm. but it's just like. Cause I, you know, I listened to like the the sample and like tried to flavor it out, but it was just I don't get that choice in here. If anybody has any kind of context, because that was the one where I'm like I, yeah. I have no context. Because because looking at that other twenty, I'm <clears throat> I have listened to all the other twenty. Yeah. And and I'm like, yeah, this is a good you know mixture of different genres. You have shoegazy, you have grunge, you have mm-hmm. hip hop, you have some like pop punk whatever you have some weird like kind of auteur type of alternative rock you have r&b like that like neo soul r&b that was big like 95 to 2000 and so yeah nothing nothing else on that list makes me go top 20 really like because like we said last week like rankings of things it's like as if you're in the conversation that's Mm -hmm. the point like Who's to say? Are, do you deserve to be number seven or number twelve? It's like, oh, it's just. Yeah, it's it's tough. But I don't know. Are you guys unfamiliar with any of uh, more well, of these records? I'm not. Okay, so the ones that are like are more. Because I'll speak the praises if you have any questions. Or let's doubts. hear. Let's hear. Uh, an artist that's been getting resurgence lately, and yep. I'm curious to do my toe in. What's up with the the PJ Harvey? I listened to it. I just don't have a lot of like texture to it. What? Excellent. So like, uh, this artist is having a huge resurgence in yeah. the underground community, the vinyl community, the hip yep. blogger community. Why and what's the deal? PJ Harvey was like dark, gritty realism version of like what Alanis Morissette. Alanis Morissette is trying to make shit that gets on the radio and stuff, though. PJ Harvey is kind of like, I am cool making music that's kind of like Nick Cave, a reference that we were talking about yesterday. So it's kind of like spooky and a little off kilter. And it's not as like piano based as like Tori Amos, but it's like that kind of dark Lilith fair. Like I'm okay. I'm a girl who who still like doesn't shower and will be dirty on stage and will sing about like you know kind of like you know rape and fucking shit that's yeah. like dark and you know okay. But na- excellent songwriter, Brit- a British artist. See, because um, then that makes a British artist. Yeah. That makes sense to the my non-American, like, who is yeah. this artist and why and that, is it getting resurgence I, at rid, this moment? Rid of Me is, like, it's not my favorite, but that is, that is I think that was maybe her breakthrough one. It probably was, like, nominated or won the Mercury Prize in England and stuff. But, yeah, um, but yeah check it out. It's Especially, like, you know, Phoebe Bridgers and artists like that are doing kind of, like, PJ Harvey-type music filtered through growing up on pop punky indie like tegan and sarah whatever type of right. music I don't know. Yeah. so let's also talk about if that were in the same kind of like more women affronted music that's like very popular right now mm-hmm. um let's bring in the whole um record oh yeah yeah in there so, so um that record is 
a record that has always had like its indie cred. Um, mm-hmm. a, a lot in the '90s was um, Courtney Love Backlash. Mm-hmm. A, um, a lot of people kind of still may feel that way. She killed Kurt Cobain, man. There you yeah. go. Um, I wasn't gonna say that, but that's like the backlash of <laughs> of the Courtney Love, and the yeah. um argument is that you know she's not uh her own thing, but um. Right. Clearly, this record it has a bunch of great songs on it. I always really like this record. I think it's a great grunge record. Mm. Um, and so I thought that was a cool record to put in there. Do I think it's a top 20 record of the 90s? No, I do not. I don't think it's that record. It was ranked higher than Nirvana. Was it ranked higher than Nirvana? <laughs> it is, it is yeah. ranked higher than Nirvana's yeah. Yeah. Uh, record. Missy Elliott was brought up. She is not on the list until 74. Whoa! Oh yeah, I knew it. Was, I thought it was in the forties, but yeah, it's yeah, low, Jesus. deep in that list. And it is the debut album. So, yeah. do I think uh, Hole is better than that Nirvana record? Nope. I think that Nirvana record is that record, but um, that whole record is really, really good. It says a lot of things, and it's the, I, it's definitely the twin to that Nirvana record. It's yeah. the female perspective of that and it's not oh, yeah. the same sound of that mm. but um, like the production's not the same at all. It's mm. very much yeah. more raw and out there but I really like that record and I thought it was cool to get represented and thrown in there and I think it's um, yeah. an interesting record. Uh, again, yeah, if that- you're not familiar with that that's like that's a great, great album. It is a great album. Live and I, through this. And I think it's like a even great more album. a digestible album than the Liz Fair record because the Liz Fair record's mm. really long. It's bi- mm. it's a big record where like the whole record is more of like it's more aggressive and yeah. raw, but it's like mm. you know <laughs> more digestible maybe. I think in in one sitting, yeah. Um, mm. yeah. Uh, I would say the only. Yeah, and I don't big even cock, know cocktail twins fans. Fact, I was I don't I don't even know who the hell that is. Yo, that's the other one where I'm just like, there's that it's that UK sensibility. Yeah, yeah. I have no reference. Well, you for. have you have the other two pillars of like, uh, yeah, like United Kingdom shoegazy dream pop. You got My Bloody Valentine number one, and you have where is it on the list? Portishead Dummy. So like Scottish and British bands that are like Wall of Sound. Yeah. Where the folk, like it's dreamy and great records though. Would I put it on and listen to it? I don't. I love, but I have listened to it. I love my bloody Valentine. They're yeah. a great band, um, and of the '90s era. But I'm gonna, but mm. if you're gonna put them, that's the number one album. It's mm. quite a lot of what Sonic Youth had laid down before, yeah. um, and like those bands. And I just feel like if you're gonna throw that in the top twenty. You think that's important? Sonic mm. Youth is such an important band to mm. everybody in the '80s, and then continuing into the '90s. Whether mm. it would have been getting Nirvana signed to Geffen, yeah. or you know, dragging Pavement on Lama Palooza with them, or yeah, but albums. But even they made so, like one good, one great album. Goo and Dirty, still though, great records. Yeah. And Goo's on the list. Goo's like in the '50s, maybe. Yeah, that's what uh, I'm saying. Yeah. But you Goo know is what I mean. Number 88. 88 if you're gonna put the my bloody it's like are they that different of you know what i mean i know that i'll argue man because my bloody valentine is an album that like it took him almost three years to make and it's it sounds like it because it's like like sealed in perfection yeah. like over over analyzing every fucking sound on that whole record yeah. it's like it's 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 got its thing, yeah. but what I'm just saying was the like Steely Dan of grunge music. Throw the, throw the other 
in there. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. give it give it some more yeah. context for yeah. like, because like in yeah. America, it's still like that is a popular record, but only for yeah. like a certain sect of people. Like, it's not mm. this is like a we're putting it up on the you know what I mean? But it's still yeah. I yeah. feel like if you listen to it, you're like, what the fuck? There's like no the context is. Yeah. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? So yeah, other, I mean, yeah, I do, but also I, otherwise, yeah, it's, it's just like a, yeah. what, you know what I mean. That's yeah. kind of how yeah. I feel about it. Is it's it's a bit contextless when you're looking but at you, the rest yeah. of the top twenty. You're a big, um, especially when it comes to pop world, uh, punk world music. You like get it done, sloppy, real, not sloppy on purpose, but like real, authentic, whatever. And this is like the exact opposite. This right. is like. We tracked the drums in 1989, and then we tracked the vocals two and a half years later because we're like building it inch by inch. Yeah. So it's so it's so opposite from what punk world music kind of usually is. Yeah. Tom Petty is pretty deep in the list, down in the 130s. Is that a fair assessment? Wildflowers. Yeah, that's like a 130 album for me. It's yeah. like Tom Petty. That's yeah, conversation. It was good. It's a good yeah. record. It's on the list, definitely. Yeah. Uh. But like, yeah, that's like, I wonder, did they put any Johnny Cash American recordings on there? Because nah, for me, those are like, that's it. like the same level as those as, yeah. as Tom Petty records. Well, while he's looking that up, like, so albums that you think you looked at them, you saw them, you go, yep, okay, cool, that belongs there within the top twenty. I mean, All obviously, the rest for me. yeah, Lauren Hill, right on. I think, okay, computer, right on. Uh, Daft Punk, cool. Erica Badu, awesome, rad. Yep, yep. yep. Um, I for people who have yet to like dive deep into Outcast. Stankonia is like their big record, and then Speaker Box Love Below was their like yep. awards record. But Aquemini, that is my go-to still of their discography. It's right in the middle. It's their third album. Uh, third album. Yeah. And it's like, oh, Outcast is getting kind of strange and weird and out there, and George Clinton Parliamenty and right, right. It's um, like, yeah. I remember Outcast really as a kid. Like that was like something that was like mind blowing. Like mm. hearing it and be like, "Oh, that's that is different." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know? you guys into Portishead? No, no man. No. That's another one on that list where I'm like, again, it's the it's the UK versus American sensibilities yeah. of like what you think is going to be the best albums of the '90s. I think that's the real thing of of this at my list. I'm like, I can clearly see that like that and this. And then they don't. There's like still in the '90s, not mm. that clear like vibing over mix, and it's still there now. There's still yeah. play, okay artists play, that only get played. play dummy at some point. Yeah, because dummy is like this might sound like the worst thing, but it's the first thing I think of. Take the music of like what was early alternative rock, like real alternative rock, not like mm. grunge, grunge, but alternative rock in the '90s, and make it like f- kind of vibed out smooth jazz. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll give yeah. It a listen. Yeah, it's like um, haunting female vocals. It's like cool, like drum beats, and kind of just like, like gentle washes mm. of bass and guitars. So also, great album. If we're going getting outside the top twenty, um, even though I'm a big fan, uh, the Elliot Smith so close. Uh, I feel like Elliot Smith is really cool and great and fine, mm. but um, there are cooler, more interesting records. I feel mm. that were made in the nineties. And um, the other thing I'm sick of seeing, like on the like list, is like the neutral milk hotels, and because like 
Oh, I'm surprised I wasn't 20. But that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. so our top 20. It's so it's like I've heard those records yeah. talked about. So <laughs> they're so like ubiquitous yeah. in those in the pavement. Um, Silver Jews. Yeah. Now it's like 21. I think it was right. Right, 20. and like it's all those like blo- and the Bella and yeah. Sebastian. Like oh yeah. For me, Elliot Smith, Bella, Bella and Sebastian, and um, and Neutral Milk Hotels yeah. is like a lot of the same sound and a lot of like the same kind of feel and like they're different artists i understand all pine trees look the same but they're all different <laughs> you can describe them many ways so for me like when you combine like that many kind of artists that are like yeah. this yeah the same genre yeah. i would have liked to see more that's where i'm just like you gave us like the noise classic mm. up front but like where is like the you didn't put like a dinosaur junior record that close and like that's mm. close on you know what i mean or like uh this kind of that kind you know what i mean yeah. i just feel mm. like there was some more flavors you could put in there and i um at this point in 2022 i've had enough of the context of the folk singer like the sad emo folk singer thing mm. that's like it got mm. its thing it's got its representation give me give me uh more context of like mm. uh the dance stuff and yeah I, kind of hey, big respect for um, not including any of the 250 songs. Number 22, Illmatic by Nas. Oh, I, I was did. happy to see that there because yeah, when I saw that album. first list, I was like, oh, these motherfuckers are going to bury Illmatic to like number 80. And yeah. He was like 22. Yeah, so, so I mean, Illmatic is up yeah. there. Uh, Wu-Tang Clan is the highest ranking one of like, say, that that sort of uh, yeah. that that group. Um, you know, Enter the 36 Chambers, it's a great album. Is it better than... Uh, the Biggie album, I don't know. That's but they're like eight, five but spaces away. Yeah, they're 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 fairly close. But it was cool to see that. Um, you know, I like them. Given Tribe Called Quest, their due. I liked uh, like you had mentioned with um, uh, with Outcast. You know, Aaliyah, who I mean, as to no surprise, she's you know her album, her song itself was I think number two or three or something like that. Or was it number what? Was it number one? No, no. Right. Um, but D'Angelo too man i mean brown sugar amazing album so right on giving him his due because i feel like that was definitely you know spot on you know great dr dre's the chronic at you know 24 and then as you move up a little bit further you have public enemy and then you've got another bjork album and then um, <laughs> you know and then you know uh, about- most deaf tupac you know little kim's hardcore from 96 so it's yeah you know. how about some glaring omissions um no Color and the Shape by Foo Fighters did not make the top 150. They avoided like the like the po- more poppy side okay. of like after grunge. Yep. They mm- avoided that shit like the plague on this list. Neither of the giant Jamiroquai albums made it. And Traveling Without Moving that has Virtual Insanity on it is like a perfect 90s funk record. Yeah. And Synchronized the one after that was also like 99 and that had Canned Heat, which is a huge song and great album. No Primus at all. Oh, Primus didn't make it, huh? Pr- no Primus albums, and they no. released. They released. Well, Jerry was a race car driver. Yeah, they that released was like three the three big albums in the nineties. I would say Sailing the Seas of Cheese. Yeah, that's the one I would have chosen. No a System of a Down's debut didn't make the list, and No Tool at all, guys. Mm. So like for all the like kind of darker metal world people, like this wasn't really. I didn't look at the full 150, but I would venture to say there were probably not even five metal records on the top mm. 150. So. No, Sublime. No Sublime. No Sublime. I don't practice. 
They clearly do not practice. Yeah, it no, they um, don't. They would have so invoked really, some sort of. Yeah, I didn't look at the full list, but I'm I, again. I'm surprised to hear that because that was. I'm. That I'm was saying the, like they if say, you're the, looking the at face the face that 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 said a thousand ships or whatever. I, the like I I don't want to like keep yeah. singing the praises of this, but like. If you want to look at the musical context and yeah. like well, a lot of what's going on right now, it's yeah. uh, clearly very heavily influenced by that band. They're very popular. They yep. have a biopic coming yeah. out, maybe. which we can't wait. To I think watch. I think that not being on there is this, yeah the same thing as the color, color and the shape, shape. not being it's on there. Everything that was like yeah. on that kind mm. of a little know. too commercial, mm-hmm. yeah. really successful. Um, it's this is definitely like the hipsters list. Um, oh, yeah. so yeah. Yeah. You know, it is. Cocteau, you gotta listen to Cocteau Twins. It's not. Tell me what you think. Uh, this after is... you listen to Bjork. <laughs> <laughs> That's not happening. Um, uh, I I did like to see the Bratmobile Bikini Kill was on the list. Yeah, that was yeah. cool. Um, uh, Soundgarden definitely was neat. Um, and then Fugazi stuff like that. Cool, great, yeah, interesting. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, right on. So let us know what you think in the comments below. Do you think it's a good list? Do you think our assessment of the list is uh, is good or bad? Um, well, uh, can we end with what what would you have put at number one? Not really, not fully your own personal unique taste, but kind of. What's number oh, one? I don't know. I don't. Well, what's yours? Oh, also not in the top twenty at all, which I thought maybe. Yeah. Was uh Oasis's uh what's the story Morning Glory? Oh yeah, like yeah. it must have been on the list somewhere though. But it's a big, big pop record that they were just like, no, Oasis not is not not on the list. Yeah, no. oh, <laughs> they snubbed Oasis. See what I'm saying though? Wow. That was a huge record, big hit. Yeah. Everybody liked it. Like unlike yeah. Be Here Now, <laughs> but um, unlike Be Here Now. If I was doing my number one. <clears throat> I'll I'll t- I'll say mine. Yeah. If I'm looking at the list, I would just move. I would just move Lauren Hill down one. Yeah, that's one why I was just, just about like, to say. One. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Yeah, I'd call that number one. The Lauren Hill yeah. record is clearly like the you know, yeah. and then for me, I'm like anywhere where you could put a, that tribe record is like amazing. That's yeah. my favorite record. I think of the '90s. It yeah. might be like at least recently in my life. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I, like I said. I don't have much complaint about that top 20 yeah i mean yeah maybe lauren hill yeah and that sounds like yeah everybody would probably do that but yeah that would probably be number one so what's your number one let us know Um, downward spiral (laughs) let's uh let's take a quick break let's take a quick break we'll come back uh and then uh we'll give you our two new album reviews we'll be right back this episode of the podcast is brought to you by hoffner guitars i have here the hoffner shorty it is a full scale travel size guitar you can find this and all of their products at hoffnerguitars.com all right everybody welcome back to get in the garage we're the music podcast for music lovers time for our two new album reviews luca would you like to usher us into the first of the two please yeah we're gonna review charlie by charlie puth Charlie. Uh, this is a pop record for the ages. <coughs> it is big, bombastic. It's a breakup record. Charlie's pretty sad. So let's get into uh, what is making Charlie tick at this moment. What do we feel about this record, What's guys? making him tick-tock, so to speak? Ooh, mm. because he... He kind of created this album piecemeal showing like behind-the-scenes stuff on TikTok. Yeah. Which is like interesting and cool marketing and all that stuff, but... He is a guy who's like a musical savant who 
you know, perfect pitch and like obsessive about production and engineering and sounds and little bits he can put all of his records. So he would like, you know, be like, hey, I found this light switch sound. And then I tuned it into this and then I used it in this beat. And mm. and then he creates songs around like little things he hears just in nature or little things he just like thinks of moments and then yeah. constructs things around it. So my first kind of like, well, not my first, but my overall impression of this record is mm. that he is a really great producer. The um, light switch noise you're talking about is in the song Light Switch mm. and that definitely popped out to me. Mm. You can hear the light switch flicking on and off. Um, do I where the record kind of loses me a little bit um is like i love the production all those tricks it was beautiful great there's a ton of them on the record and it's good to listen to um the like lyrical stuff i'm not like so into mm. it is very pop oriented yeah. um like turn on like a light switch like that metaphor for me is not like super <laughs> great or deep or like um you know but um, like Jeff said, he makes the best of it, and it is more of like stuff that's really friendly. Like to say, it does have some f bombs in it. Like there's some cursing and stuff on the record. But like to say that "Turn Me On Like a Light Switch" is a really, really like um, um, what am I trying to say? Like a nice way of saying like you know, it's PG thirteen. Yeah, it's a PG thirteen yeah, yeah. of saying like you know, I want to fuck you. Yeah. Minor so. There you go. And it's like that's a lot of like what the record is. It's more geared towards like a college, high school sensibility of love and relationships mm. and or even younger possibly. Right. Yeah. And it's a lot of that kind of stuff, but like uh production again, let's talk about maybe like the song Left and Right, which is mm. one of my favorite songs in the record where mm. um it's with the member uh Jung Cook of BTS and you can hear the song goes, you can hear me over here, you can hear me over here, and it pans from your uh, left to right and then into the middle. It's one of the most interesting things I've heard in, like, stereo panning on a pop song in a long time, and I really love that stuff. Like, that's really thoughtful and what made that song one of the best songs on this record, I think. Um, blood, big, blocky choruses, though, huh? Where he, like, switches up into halftime. Like, he'll be doing, like, a hip-hop mm -hmm. beat in the uh, verse on a lot of songs. And then, like, the uh, main, the first track on the re record, that's hilarious, does these big, like, chum, chum, Yeah, chum, yeah, right. Chum, 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 Very, like, chum, 1986. Chum, chum. Like, yes! Simple Minds or Crowded House and Tears for Fears type of choruses. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I Don't yeah. Think I Like Her is another song that has those big... um blocky chunks going on with the ching chung chung kind of yeah, thing yeah. and that was my favorite one on the record like that uh it, it really really just worked for me in a lot of ways um and i like the chorus on that one too where he's like i don't think i like her anymore like girls just want to break my heart where that worked for me because it was more like funny and like the mm. way he was coming at the lyrics and for me i'm like that works because like yeah. it's more self deprecating and i had fun with it in the pop song yeah where like maybe like a song like tears on my piano which is like a little too seriously or like when you're sad i'm sad yeah which kind of yeah. like comes off like a little like schmaltzy mm. and doesn't yeah. have that kind of like self laughter where like i don't think i like her comes off like that though where he tries to dig in as in like more serious sided i couldn't really get into that on mm. this record but to you know, they're they're pop. It's poppy. It was okay. Yeah, it was just pop. You know. 
Yeah, I agree. We touched on it, I think, right before you came here, Jeff. But, like, we were talking, like, in reference to maybe, like, you know, y- you can't help but kind of draw the bridge over to, like, you know, Harry Styles, which is the other, like, you know, big pop album of this year. But even, like, Youngblood, like the Youngblood record, this is kind of like the yin-yang sort of thing, I think, like, where Charlie is clearly the more, like bright shining star mm-hmm. if you f- want to call it that and then young blood's kind of like that darker sort of like brooding kind of thing but they, they're you know they have like those sorts of similarities um I, I i enjoy how he sort of and a lot of artists do it now too but um i like his use and the way that he uses auto-tune in his music too like it's sort of its own vocal filter now yeah. it's not really like it's not really strictly there to correct maybe flat notes or sharp notes or something as much as it's there to kind of like add a little bit of a color or a shimmer the way a guitar player would use an effects pedal. Yeah. Like that's pretty cool. I appreciate that. Um, Have you, you know. he, he, he is very open about his use of autotune since he is kind of like a producer songwriter and then performer kind of in that order. Right. And he, yeah, he's just like, yeah, record it. Here's what it is. And he puts it out in the world. Like, here's what it sounded like when I recorded it. And then you can see right here, I tweak these couple notes because these couple notes are off because I want it to sound as good as I hear it in my head. Like, right, right. So he kind of has that Post Malone kind of like, you know, uh, dismissive and bad kind of way of saying it. That goatee type of like, uh, like yeah. shake in his voice at times. Yeah. But that is his natural voice. And yeah, he just uses what he has on his computer to just make things yeah. sound as good as they can. I thought, I think he's got a nice falsetto. I really yeah. enjoy his falsetto. Um, so yeah, important to note too, that like six singles preceded the album. So it was light switch left and right. smells like me. I don't think that I like her Charlie be quiet. And that's hilarious. So yeah. those, you know, but as we said, like it came out with TikTok, mm-hmm. you know, like and that kind of thing, uh, highlights for me, uh, the song light switch. I did like that song. Mm-hmm. I think Luke, you had mentioned it where you hear the light switch clicking on and off. That's pretty cool. It's also paired with a like kind of a funny music video. Shout out yeah, yeah. to Billy Blanks, all my Thai, all my Thai bow <laughs> yeah, friends sure, out sure. there. Um, uh, left and right, I like that. That was uh, Young Cook. I'm, I think is how you pronounce J- it. Young Cook from Jungkook, BTS. Uh, from BTS. Um, I, yeah, I think that the chorus on that, like mm-hmm. the cool panning, that sort of uh, producer sort of uh, <laughs> wizardry thing. I did like when you're sad. I'm sad. I like that there was a ballad. Um, you know, I don't think it was the strongest song. Um, but then the album closer too, I thought was really good. No more drama. To me, it's kind of like it's got that cool intro, and you know, you spend an entire album talking about like how he's sort of like heartbroken and all that. And I feel like no, uh, no more drama kind of like wraps it up in the end, and because mm-hmm. his lyrics are very much just sort of kind of like, all right, now I'm putting you away. All right, now like that's it. Like let's get on yeah. with it, kind of thing. So. You know, I thought it was a, I thought it was a decent record. And at 33 minutes, it's not, it's like not like this big bloated record either. It's yeah, like 12 a, songs, maybe. That's it. Yeah. Like Santa Claus. Yes. Yeah. Like I, Santa, yeah. I also wanted to bring up um, the. I thought you guys would think this was funny. The Charlie Be Quiet song. That was my favorite song on the record. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was influenced by the Yin Yang Twins whisper mm. because they whisper in that song, and he thought, why not make a song where I'm whispering? And that's like what the whole verse is. And I thought that was interesting to take. I like how he, when he brings it there, he's like, I took this com- song that you wouldn't think, uh, which is talking about 
um, men's genitalia and whispering about it, which is really funny. <laughs> yeah. And like he took it and wrote this like really like serious like song about like talking to himself. Um, also, with the before we like leave on this record, I also want to talk about the um, Harry Styles, Harry's House. This record's called Charlie. It's by Charlie Puth. Um, also, Charlie, be quiet. Um, is the self uh, referencing yourself and uh, just like uh, in As It Were, Char- um, uh, Harry. Harry Styles is referencing himself and talking to himself in that song. It um, is very, very similar. If I was Charlie Puth, I would have definitely stayed away from any of those kind of like things, especially like the self like being meta about yourself i feel like mm-hmm. harry's how is like really doing that right now mm-hmm. and um I that's feel just like a trend it is a trend yeah, pop f- music it yeah. is but i feel like this record doesn't carry the i feel like the other record already did that for me and like where mm-hmm. this one it's i it doesn't turn off like in a bad way it's just mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm just like oh that reminds me and i don't love that so yeah, yeah. um you know that's you know it it kind of came off to me as just like a a good okay pop record yeah well i think the important thing about charlie puth is he understands pop music is about hooks is a melody a hook is a chorus a hook is the baseline hook is a drum beat a hook is a little flares a little light switch a little nuance and you know here's what i have to say charlie puth (laughs) the king of successful because like yeah I mean, I I only liked. I mean, earnestly, I liked about half of these half of the songs, and the other yeah. half, I was like, "Yeah, this is bubblegum corniness that is whatever. It's fun and goofy and mm-hmm. yeah. silly, but it's still catchy. It still sticks in your head, and yeah, it's you still gotta... and there's still so much like he played almost everything on this record. He had somebody come in and play guitar on probably like three songs, but everything else you hear drums bass guitar keyboards it's all him on a midi thing making it at his house that's kind of why i'm would be like more interested in like a more lyrically dense artist coming in and then him working with that because the mix of those two would be you know what i'm saying so again great pop producer wonderful i i want to see more of like what comes out of like the you know what's next yeah yeah see what comes out of it because he's very talented great uh the studio trickery on this record is my favorite part of this Mm. record right so if we're gonna rate it then uh pitchfork did not rate this so i have no reference uh through pitchfork to be rated uh not a lot of people did (laughs) rate this record it's not been heavily reviewed no Um, i'm gonna say I mean, I'm going to go higher than you might think. Um, I'm going to say 7.5, maybe even close to an 8, because, yeah, I just, when it comes to pure pop music, like, I don't even give a sh- all the uh, All the lyrics have been done before, all the whatever, and it's just like, I just want fun. I just want catchiness. I just want, I like to be able to sing to, sing along to something. This is great singable music, yeah. and it's just, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say, I mean, I think, you know, personal taste and all that stuff, I'll probably throw it somewhere around a 7. But I will definitely acknowledge that, like what you said, where it's just like it for what it is. It's catchy, hooky pop music does all that stuff. You know what I mean? So, you know, on that front, yeah, an eight, seven, seven, five, eight personal taste, probably seven. Would I go back and listen to this, these songs? Sure. I don't you know what I'm saying? I don't think that there's. You know, I don't think there's any like real stinkers on the album. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just not really like what I listen to. See, for me, there was some songs where I'm like, there's some more of like 
couple stinkery ones. Where yeah, I like didn't... the slow jam. Yeah, I the piano really like one, much, uh, yeah. especially where he got meta. Like, why do I only write sad songs? I'm like, if I right. already thought this thought, and then you're thinking this thought, and halfway through the album, I was like, it's a little too much. Yeah. Um, but for so for that reason, uh, uh, I'm out on Shark Tank, and this record <laughs> is a six five. There you go. Yep. What do you guys think? Let us know in the comments below. You know. So there you have it. Um, onward. Onward. onward, onward, and I think upward. Upward, uh, Jeffrey, would you like to usher uh, usher this new album review in? Sure. This new album is the newest by Willow Willow Smith. It's called Coping Mechanism, and this is a continuation of Willow's music um, into pop punk and even darker and stranger and more metally type of stuff. Um, but this is a whole swirl of different sounds and styles. Yep. And um, just like the Charlie record, like a lot of records that I think are coming out, a lot of song, a lot of songs in this record are two and a half minutes. I think this record probably clocks in at like thirty-two minutes with like eleven or twelve songs, and uh, I enjoyed this record a lot. I, I, I did too. Yeah. I did too. I really like this record. It's not made for me, so Same. that's the thing. Is like, if I was. 17 when this came out i'd be like oh shit this is a top 10 record this year yeah so it but right. also i'm fucking 35 years old and so it's not this record is not for us but yeah. it is it is good and it has a lot yeah. of artistic flair that is on more artsy fartsy records yeah. and yeah. i really love the production on this record i love the mix of genres on this record mm -hmm. it has drum machines heavy metal breakdowns emo style vocals and even some uh, like r&b flavored flared yes. melodies on this yeah. album yeah um willow smith is or willow as she's being called now is an artist to be reckoned with i think this is the future of rock music it is where it needs to go this record was exciting for me as a guitar record. Mm. I loved it. The melodies were strong. And um, this is why this is the future of, of rock music. It needs to go this way because it it stopped the choppy, chunked up, jump, 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 riff style, jump, jump vocals that we've been kind of dealing with since like the early 90s into today. Um, it stops mm. all like that Foo Fighters, like riffed up stuff. And this is bringing soaring vocal melodies over interesting, complex drum beats and guitar riffs. I mm. love it. I'm here for it. Mm. has a lot to do with uh, DJs and sampling, yeah. but also has nothing to do with that at the same time. I think, uh, I think Falling Endlessly is probably the song that comes closest to maybe like what you would say that chomp chomp like because i think that's the one where it's like dun 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 oh no i'm talking about big block cording out like um like uh weezer say it ain't so go yeah jump jump gotcha gotcha that style this that's over that's been rock music for the past 20 years this is over this is so interesting so uh to 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 be made of note jenna uh jada pickett smith um was in a band called oh crap what were they called wicked wicked wisdom yeah. sorry um they've they had like a famous performance at the 2005 Ozfest. um so you know that it's kind of a nod to that i think i had read somewhere that willow actually like fronted the band and performed for jada pickett smith at some point for like her birthday or something like that 
Um, so you hear a little bit of that. For me, because, listen, guys, you know, I got to call myself what I am, or at the very least what I was uh, at a certain time in my life. I was like a heavy listener of the bands like Alter Bridge and Seether and... Dare I, music. dare I say, thank you, <laughs> dare I say Nickelback and Creed, um, you know, and uh, for me, there was like a little bit of that flavor on this record. Another thing, uh, the song Why was giving me like some Seven Dust vibes because Seven Dust yeah. really liked using those sort of like Eastern scale kind of things in their music. And there is quite a bit of that peppered in across this record. I don't I mean, you know, but that's that's the vibe that I was picking up on. But also you get this sort of like Paramore thing going on and then you get these like super big, great choruses that are like these super pop choruses Yo, too. Maybe, oh yeah, Alex. To note, uh, the guitarist on all the songs in production was with Chris Criati. Yeah, Chris Criati, yeah. Youngblood, Blink-182, those are his really famous works. Works. I thought it was... Pussy Riot and Poppy. I thought it was Todd Rundgren. Oh, I thought that was David Bowie. Oh my God, that guy <laughs> is crazy real good. But... Um, <laughs> Oh, so so good. oh, yeah. <laughs> the big, huge pop course, and maybe it's my fault. Like, right, right. It's, it's it's cool, man, and it has like the um. You're right, definitely the Paramore is the style of like melody in there a little bit, and like the. But she really energy and stuff. Yeah, the yeah. energy. But she sings her ass off. She can really yeah. sing. She does. She's got some. There's some great moments, man, and some good like vocal tender moments. I can't remember the name of the song, but it's like right at the end of one song where she's doing this sort of. Vocal I was trying thing. to find that. I Me listened too. to it I could twice, not find and I, it. then I'm clicking through. And I'm like, I thought it was like the last 20 seconds of one of these tracks, and I yeah, couldn't find it. Anymore. I know. I did the same oh, thing this she's morning. Screaming? No, where no. she goes off into like an Erica Badu like jazzy <laughs> ending. Yeah, she does these runs. Yeah. yeah. Um, but also, but good. So, I mean, that to me shows that it's like, you know, can she put this sort of like distorted filter over her voice and like scream aggressive lyrics yeah. over stuff? Yeah, she can do that. But I think she can genuinely sing very well. Like yeah, she's th got a good voice. This reminded me like instantly when I played this album, it reminded me of the music I listened to heavily when I was 16, 17, 18, which was like, not, <laughs> no, not pop punk kind of that emo world not quite screamo but like band specifically like the second taking back sunday album mm. where you want to be um like and i and i listened to that album afterwards and i'm like yeah, this is so much like it 20 years later or well, where thursday she's going, where she's going but i'm talking about instrumentation all... and like songwriting too and yeah. thursday specifically another band um that was like not that's not metal enough to be screamo and not poppy enough to be pop punk thursday yeah so yeah specifically yeah. the album like a city by the light divided which is like maybe like 2006 so um chicago band i think maybe new jersey all those bands are new jersey joyzy yeah as far um, as i know and so like just that but this i love the mix of this record i did notice after listening to it a couple times strangely i i think that I enjoyed the mix song by song, but then listening to them on repeat, it seemed like maybe they were mastered strangely to my ear. Mm. Like some songs were noticeably slightly louder than the rest, but also this thing is like pushed to the max mixing wise, volume wise, with tons of dynamics still. There's still tons of like, it It has troughs of where it settles and it goes low energy and low volume. Um, but yeah, clean mix. The drummings are so 
like crispy in a good way and the drumming yeah. is so interesting on this yeah. record and like another record we talked about like the uh domi and jd beck record where the drumming is like that stop mm. starting craziness yeah, yeah. this is the stop starting craziness that works melodically right. um it does it and i think why is one of the songs that does that um but like even did, like no control is like the like one of the softer ballads mm. on the record and that's one where she's like throwing off those like r&b like and at the ends and you're like oh so she's singing like an emo acoustic ballad but then she's also throwing r&b style melodic flavor and you're just like nobody has done this yet like nobody has taken the emo thing Mm -hmm. and putting like any influence of like erica badu in there like Mm -hmm. that hasn't been done at all because it's all and she's just like tweaking it tweaking it and you hear the influence in it and that's where for me like songs like no control are i really like this album i think in the Mm. emo genre this is a high high watermark like make a record as good as this now this is Mm. the new she's the new scene of that yeah and also like like we said it's, it's about 30 minutes long it's 11 songs so it's in and out you know what i mean it's i think it's a good like quick you could you know what i mean it's but they, aren't, but they aren't throwaway songs because even like right, the, the right. two minute and 30 second songs are like this does have two verses two choruses a bridge like it yeah. just yeah. hits you fast bringing gonna, the bridge back baby. i was gonna say that to yeah. you charlie pooth and this willow record wrote uh, a shit ton of bridges and pre-courses and if there's not like a bridge on cancel them there's, there's definitely a, a pre-course <laughs> on a lot of the stuff oh, and yeah. i thought that was like i'm like i noticed that instantly i was like Oh, these albums are thirty minutes long. This is going to be verse, chorus, verse out, verse, mm. chorus, verse out, and it yeah. wasn't verse, chorus, verse mm. out. It was well, so textured. Like that song, I think it's the, th- I, I think it's the second song, "Falling Endlessly." That has a pre-chorus. Yeah. Dun 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 dun, and then there's a minute, and then it, boom, into the chorus. You know what I mean? Yeah, That's like, separate than. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. And it's 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 not the same thing as the verse. You know what I mean? So oh. it's like you're like, okay, cool. Oh fuck yeah, pre-chorus, cool. Uh, another thing I wanted to bring up too, uh, Evanescence. Like, oh, right. yeah. yo, like Evanescence yeah. is like the influence on that is cool because that record was like hugely Wait, popular, yeah. <laughs> and influential in our youth. Yeah. And then to hear somebody like take Don't that. And bring it into like a new era. Also, yeah. uh, I'm gonna shout out like a more like low key band like that, Lacuna Coil. Oh, um, right, yeah. So like it, I had a lot of that kind of stuff going on. I really liked it. It yeah. brought me all back to like the Ozfest style bands. Yeah. And all the pop punk bands mixed in one. I really liked this record. Yeah. You know, she should open up for that Chris Angel show. Is what she should do. Be like, no. you know. <laughs> Don't want to this... die. <laughs> She's too young. Um, Willow's too young to die. I'm really a fan of Willow Smith now. Yeah. And yeah. I really think this record is the future of rock and roll, at least in like the major market radio yeah. sense. Like she was is... just on SNL. Yes, last and week yeah. or maybe. Blue like really did a great performance. I'll tell Smashed you what. Her guitar, you know. I'll tell you what. Uh, we... Placed her guitar. But yeah. <laughs> um. I mean, we so I got in the car. I played this. Uh, I I was like, I, my wife Jade. Uh, I was like, hey, we're gonna listen to this Willow Smith record. Uh, and she's like, really, Willow Smith? And she's like, my hand back, back and forth. Exactly. That's, though. that's what she I said. She's like, to. she's like, that's isn't that like how Willow? I'm like, just wait a minute and listen to this. I'm telling you, it's different. We got like the third song, and she's like, yeah, this is not what I expected, but I like this. This is cool. Like I'm into it, you know. And I'm like, I told you, it's it is not what I expected it to be. I when we talked about covering this record, I was like, okay, because with my hair back and forth was like my only real reference oh, to really? her, you know. 
And uh, and I, I thought we talked. Like, I thought cool. we talked about her pop punk record she did last year. Yeah, and did we, we? Yeah, we have been talking. We didn't review we've it. We've been but we talking about, about like uh, singles yeah. that she's yeah. released, and also she was on the um, working with Machine Gun Kelly, like featured on Young Blood. But right? she was on the Young yeah. Blood yeah, record yeah, yeah, where yeah. she did yeah. running, running, running yeah, yeah. that I loved so much, and yeah. then this record was just like full. You of should that have been like, Jay, I'm gonna play you the new Willow record, and then just start My Immortal. Um. So I will say though, call uh, you know, let's call them out because I let we love I love calling out Pitchfork. Uh, you know, they did not favor this record very much. They gave it a six point seven. The headline is Gen Z philosophers' hard rock era continues with an album about love and hurt, pain and healing, done with great nuance, but not quite enough originality. Uh, and which is interesting because we talked about it, and Luke's just like, I feel like she's give she's breathing sort of new life into this genre and all that stuff. And I'm like, oh well, here comes Pitchfork to just be like, that's why they're called Pitchfork. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I think I think a big thing, especially like Luke's a, a lyrics guy, and like I didn't dive deep into the lyrics on this album, but I always am slightly reticent because I'm like, hey, there is a whole different sub section of problems and mental health issues that come from being the child of incredibly famous people yeah but also you're the trust fund child of incredibly famous people making music about how upsetting your life is and i think a large group of people who make 25 grand a year are like you know fuck that like <laughs> yeah, right, fuck that right, like right. This, these aren't real problems yeah right <laughs> this is what which of my 400 pairs of shoes do i wear today problems <laughs> that is... so i think that's where people drop it down a point and a half that yeah, is yeah. the argument for the record being somebody that is like heavily immersed in the pop punk genre mm. these lyrics are not in uh, embarrassing like when you oh, look God. back at a lot of those lyrics the reason why they're bad is they're embarrassing they're yeah. just like really they don't hold up. this i wouldn't be i wouldn't be embarrassed to sing half the shit she's singing on this record that's yeah. why i'm like in the metaphors yeah. there's one on here where it's like um uh, you're the moon to my tide, and you're bringing, dragging me in and out, and like that sure. kind of metaphor is a uh, raise up from a lot of like um, Blink One Eight Two's tried hard not to get caught, fucked a chick in a parking lot, like yeah. Um, do you see <laughs> what William I'm, Shakespeare of our time? Do you see Bill. what I'm, do you see though? Um, yeah. Like it's it's yeah. not it's yeah yeah yeah. I see what you're saying. It's yeah, more yeah. of like it's, um, it's a different. It's, it's a, poetic. It's it's from that that. Neo soul '90s yes, type of songwriting, where it, it journalistic. I, a, I don't think people are giving it yeah, the yeah, the yeah. credit it deserves. I think there's a cool companion thing too. I don't know if it's for every streaming platform, but Spotify is what we use uh, at the very top when you go to the album did the page. Young Blood thing. I was she did the they, Young Blood thing. They which must have the cool. same uh, management. Yeah, oh, they're all doing that now. Are they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. the but stories you know, or whatever behind it, the scenes. Yeah, so. and it's interesting too because yeah. you know there's like some introspective thoughts. Like uh, I think the main thing that she talks about on hers is. Uh, um, uh, oh, it's the first track off of Coping Mechanism where she goes, maybe it's my fault, where it is this introspective thing, this idea that's like, you know, if you're ha like you're involved in sort of a bad relationship or something, a lot of times it's like, well, what you did to me, and it's kind of mm -hmm. taking ownership of your own faults in a situation and being like, well, maybe I did something wrong. So I think that that idea and that that is kind of like a sentiment that's like resonating with young people. That's cool because it's like telling like Gen Zers, quote unquote, to like, hey, like humility is a good thing and like being humble is a good thing and introspectiveness is a good thing. Well, and it's not just, you know, like, you know, Mike, if you tuned in, these are the kind of high ideas that are being brought to the table on Red Table Talk every week. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> 
Get woke, you cisgendered white male. I'm sorry. Well, what can I say? In other I, news, I wish, another news, I, Ted Nugent's coming I, out with a new yeah, album. I, I, wish the, I wish the video on the Spotify story was like, let me let me clear the air. Yes, my dad slapped another very famous guy. All right, now let's talk about my record. Which <laughs> yeah, is? Because right. that's going to be some of the discourse around it is like, are some of these lyrics about the pain of her family being in the spotlight? It's like, yeah, probably she's been under a microscope since she was born. Yeah, yeah right. and uh, that's the other thing that I... And those are real problems. It is, and yeah. uh, you know... Give this record a fair chance. If you're a fan of any of the bands we mentioned, which we numerously mentioned, like 30 bands that... Spanning several genres. ...of music, yeah. even like a corn fan, like mm. you should listen yeah. to this. It is cool and interesting and yeah. fun. I like this at record. The ver- at the absolute very least, this is an interesting mix of pretty disparate styles of music from that like chugging, metally kind of frenetic modern whatever like alt emo kind of rock music to that kind of neo soul throwback like world music kind of chanteuse type of music yeah um, um so yeah. if we're giving ratings uh, like i said pitchfork did review uh, rate and review this one uh they put it at a 6.7 a very very pitchfork uh number to throw on it but if we're giving ratings around the table what do you guys um, what are we how are we feeling yeah uh if this if this was 2005 and this came out, it'd be like a nine. Um, but it's 2022 and I'm 35 years old, so this is this is a strong eight, and it's it's leaning more towards an 8.5. But I didn't get too deep into the lyrics. Maybe I would put it at 8.5 if I connected more with the lyrics. Right. But I don't because I'm fucking 35 years old. Yeah, right. So. Uh, I'll agree with you. I'll say I'll, I'll give this a strong eight. I think it's cool. I think uh, you know I'm interested in seeing what uh, what she does next and after this and maybe what direction she goes in. Um, but for me, yeah, I'll give it an eight. I do. I did like it. Yeah, as far as pop rock goes, as I said, the future of it, um, eight. I'd like to hear more stuff like this. More just everything like this. Eight. Great yeah. rock music, pop yeah. music. Cool. Yeah, let us uh, and let us know what you think in the comments below. Did you uh, did you like it? Did you not like it? Um, you know, let us know. Uh, before we send off, as always, don't forget to like and comment and subscribe and all that. And uh, for all of you who uh, you know support us and everything, we see you, we love you, thank you so very much for all the support and all the things that you do. Uh, you gotta give out that special shout out. A special man. shout out to Aunt Janie, uh, she, <laughs> my aunt who watches every single episode, every <laughs> full, every single full Hi, episode. Hi, Aunt Janie. We'll try to do more Beatles coverage for you. Uh, Revolver, did that, that oh, whole thing's man. happening? We're, so we're we'll, definitely gonna talk. I about had a conversation with a woman the other day who was like the Beatles are most overrated band of all time. I hate their music. She's like, and I play guitar, and they just play three chord songs. And I was just like, I'm going to keep my fucking mouth shut. <laughs> I'm not about to get in an argument with this lady who has no idea what she's talking about. Yeah, because, like, let's face it, it's the Beatles. She man. said, I would take the monkeys over the Beatles. Oh. And I said, you can get the fuck out of this room. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so, um, Anj, we love you. We do love you. We Thank love you so much. Here. Thank you so much for for watching and for supporting us on every every episode. So, uh, until next time, guys. This has been getting the garage. Have a good week at school. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Hey, hey.